Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading from the Gospels, and a brief meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Friday, May 26th, and it's 2023, and it's the Feast of St. Philip Neri, and it's also Friday of the seventh week of Easter, almost at the eve of Pentecost Sunday. Today's Gospel reading is from almost the end of the Gospel according to St. John, John 21. After Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples and eaten breakfast with them, he said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. So this is a beautiful reading. This is after Jesus had appeared to his disciples a couple of times. He told them to go on to Galilee And he would appear to them, and they had gone fishing, and once again, they weren't able to catch any fish. I'll tell you, this is proof right there that the church is guided and filled and inspired by the Holy Spirit, because these guys were fishermen, they couldn't even catch fish, and now they're going to found the largest organization in the history of the world. They're going to all die martyrs' deaths. Give me a break. Without God's help, I mean, they had all run scared and hidden in the upper room while Jesus, their master, was going through his passion and his death. But now these guys, they can't even catch fish. And they're about to, of course, after receiving the Spirit, take the church all over the world and perform miracles, many miracles themselves, with total, absolute courage. So here we have the scene there on the Sea of Galilee. They're there at the beach. Jesus appears on the beach and says, throw your net over to the other side. They go back out. It's just like the story when he met a bunch of them. And then their nets are filled to overflowing and they realize it is the Lord. John's the one that says it. Peter is so zealous to see the Lord again. He's so excited. He swims back to the shore. And then Jesus gives them breakfast. They sit on the beach. They're in awe of what they see. They spend time with the Lord. And then Jesus goes aside with Peter, talks to him one-on-one, and he says, do you love me? And there's many famous talks about this particular reading. I'm thinking of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, in which he goes into the Greek, the Greek meaning of these words, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And I think the way he says it, I forget the exact order, but he uses the words for love, agape and philia. 
So initially, it's in English. Simon, do you love me more than these? Agape love means a love that's willing to lay down your life. Remember, Peter said he would lay down his life for Jesus, but then he denied him three times. So Simon Peter, do you love me? And remember, he denied him three times. So Jesus gives him three times to say, "Yes, Lord, you know that I love you." But in the process of it, he's hurt because Jesus drops it down to filial love. Philia, as in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly shove. I mean, love. Philia, which is a brotherly love. It's a good love, but it's not agape love. And Simon Peter is hurt. Why are you only asking me that? But of course, Lord, I love you. He's still going to answer the same. So Jesus basically takes this as his penance. And it's a, a purpose of amendment. In a way, an act of contrition. You know, I I denied you three times. I tell you now that I love you three times. Isn't that amazing? Jesus doesn't ask much of us. He says he loves him. He still doesn't have the spirit. He still doesn't know what he's capable of. But he confesses his love for the Lord and he acts as if like, of course, yeah, why would you even doubt me? And then Jesus tells him, okay, well, when you were younger... You were self-willed, you were prideful, and you did what you wanted. Now you're going to follow me, and you're going to get older, and others will tie you up and take you where you don't want to go. But this is how you will glorify me. You will live a life similar to the life I've lived, and you'll die a death similar to my own death. So it's a beautiful reading where Peter essentially is given to shepherding the sheep. He's given the job not just of being a shepherd. Peter is the first pope. Peter is the shepherd. Peter is given an opportunity. And it's, what is this? What is this all about? It's about a relationship with Jesus. He's given the opportunity to say it, but I mean, they're reconnecting here. They're reconnecting. They're reestablishing the bond. And then when Peter has the spirit, he's going to be overflowing with the love of Jesus. He's going to be overflowing with the Spirit. He's going to fully come into his own as the leader of the church, as the first pope. So it's about relationship, first and foremost. You know, St. John Vianney says the priesthood is the love in the heart of Jesus. In other words, ministry, and in particular ordained ministry, is all about love. It's all about conveying the love of Jesus to his people. And that love is conveyed in ways that are sacramental. The forgiveness of sins, uh, the confecting of the Eucharist and and distribution of the Eucharist, Jesus' own body and blood. Never mind the preaching and the sacrifices and all the pouring out that is done in ministry, in particular ordained ministry. So Peter is able to do this because first he confesses his love. And this is how it should be in ministry. Today we celebrate the feast of St. Philip Neri. And St. Philip Neri is known during the time of the Counter-Reformation. The church was in horrible disarray. There was a great deal of scandal and abuse going on in the ordained ministry and in Rome and all throughout the world. And there were many Counter-Reformation saints that worked very hard and prayed a great deal in order to overcome the abuses that existed in the church. The church was tremendously shaken up by the Protestant Reformation, 
But originally, you know, Martin Luther, I think there were like out of his 95 theses, the church later agreed to 89 of them. In other words, the church out of 95 complaints against the church, the church later on in evaluating itself said, yes, 89 of those complaints. Yes, you are correct, Martin Luther. We are guilty. These abuses need to be corrected. The other six were things that we disagreed on, and so the Protestant Reformation was solidified based on those other six things. And I mean, really, based on all 95, except that the church did, as, as it does, as it's supposed to do, reform itself. So during this counter-reformation period, the Council of Trent is going on, and there are all these refer- post-reformation saints And St. Philip Neri, his particular contribution to the Counter-Reformation is that he reformed the priesthood in the city of Rome. And he did this by founding oratories. Oratories were places of prayer, fellowship, brotherhood, and also even some entertainment. He's one of the patron saints of humor and joy. And so he found all these different ways to enliven the church in Rome, and in particular, to enliven the priests in the city of Rome, draw them together in brotherhood, help them to strengthen their prayer lives, and just really build up their morale. And so Rome being the most important see, the most important diocese in the church, the primary see, um, it was very, very important that reform took place there. And St. Philip Neri was largely responsible for that. Then you had St. Charles Borromeo going off to Milan, which is considered the second most important see in the Holy Catholic Church. And uh, these two were contemporaries of each other. And St. Charles Borromeo, he had different ways of doing things, but still he was another great saint who reformed Milan. And so these two men really led the charge, in addition to many others around the world, uh, for a holiness returning to the church and a return to prayer and penance. One thing I just want to point out here was that, you know, we all have to make our own contribution to the reform of the church, where the church right now is desperately in need of reform. And we all have a part to play. We can't point the finger and say, well, if only we had a better pope, a better bishop, a better group of priests, better lay people, better parish councils, whatever. No, we all have to play a part in it. We all have things we have to do. And just as Simon Peter needed to reaffirm his love for Jesus, St. Philip Neri uh, helped priests in Rome, the most important diocese, to reaffirm their love for Jesus, to fall in love again with Jesus, to make that commitment to a life lived in service of Almighty God. And he did this through encouragement, brotherhood, as I said, entertainment and humor and things like that. So it's important when we want to complain about our priests, when we feel they're not doing good enough, when we feel that, especially with the priest shortage, well, they just need to work harder. They just need to pray more. They need to do more penance. If only our priests were better, everything would be better. And and of course, like I say, we say that about everybody. Priests say that about the lay people. Well, if only the lay people were more faithful. And if only this Pope were different and, you know, we want to blame everybody else. But it's important that we remember as, you know, this is a very important feast day with regard to the priesthood. And many priests right now are celebrating their anniversaries. 
it's important to remember that priests are people too. It's such a simplistic statement, but it's the truth. Oh my goodness. That priests need to be encouraged in their own faith. They need to rest. They need brotherhood. They need joy and humor. Uh, they're human beings just like everybody else, and they need to be built up. And so on this feast of the priesthood, this feast of St. Philip Neri, we remember what happened with Simon Peter, that reconnecting with Jesus. And we pray for our priests that they will continually reconnect with Jesus, that they will continue to work on their prayer lives, grow deeper, deeper in love with Jesus, and that their priesthood may be all about that. And through that personal growth and being encouraged and experiencing the joy of the Lord, that then they will be able to carry that to everybody else. And it's, you know, we, we hold up priests in this way because then they're supposed to be the example for the rest of us, uh, that we all need to be constantly working on our relationship with Jesus, constantly falling more and more in love with the Lord, not taking ourselves too seriously, constantly working on ourselves so that we ourselves may be more and more achieving the fulfillment for which God made us. Pope John Paul's theology of the body is so important for understanding this more and more and more. That we, um, you know, the body is good, our humanity is good, and our humanity needs to be tended to, as St. Philip Neri did, and as St. Peter needed. And St. Peter had that joy of seeing the Lord again face to face to make up for his sins. So we ask the Lord through the intercession of Our Lady, whose month it still is, that we will have this grace, that our priests and all of the church will continue to be built up in joy, in prayer, in fellowship, that the church can truly be what it was made to be. And that is a communio, a family surrounding Jesus, a family that is united by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless.